Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. And so as we look at this letter together, it's going to help us to grow as followers of Jesus. Our goal as we spend the next several months in this letter is to become better at following Jesus, to become more like him in the way we think, the way we speak, the way we live, and the way we love. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian begins his study in the book of 1 Corinthians. Join us as Pastor Brian begins this series with an introduction to 1 Corinthians in a message titled, The Gospel Comes to Corinth. Now, here's Pastor Brian. All right, so here we go. We're jumping into our series of studies through Paul's letter to the Corinthians, the first letter. This is something that we've been planning for now for for quite some time. We have, as, as we've normally done, we've tried to kind of set a theme for our study And we've landed on the theme of everyday discipleship. And so that's really going to be our focus as we're going through this letter. We're we're going to be looking at it from the perspective of being discipled, from the perspective of becoming closer followers of Jesus. And so what I, I sort of want to do a bit of an introduction today We'll look at the first nine verses of chapter one here in a few minutes. But but let me just give us a little bit of background to to the city itself and to the church. We read together, as Cheryl led us, we read the, the historical account of how the church in Corinth began. And so we'll come back to that and... And then we'll, we'll eventually make our way to the first nine verses and just highlight a few things there. But let's, let's think about the city for a moment. Corinth was one of the major urban centers of the ancient Mediterranean world and one of the most culturally diverse in the Roman Empire. In importance and influence, it was only surpassed by two cities in the empire— one would have been Alexandria in Egypt, and the other would have been Rome itself. So, so a very significant city, very, very influential city. In Corinth, both the Greek and the Roman cultures coexisted, and its location on the isthmus of Corinth made it a prosperous mercantile community. Its mercantile character contributed to its multicultural population. So this is, you know, typical of port cities, people coming in, bringing their wares and and trading and all of that. That that was the context, therefore, life in the city of Corinth. It was known for its prosperity and infamous for its sexual immorality. As a matter of fact, uh, in those days, they even coined the phrase a Corinthian, and that was a pejorative term. It was 
If you were referred to as a Corinthian, you were being really referred to as a person of loose moral lifestyle character and so forth. It was also a center of philosophy and art. And I think in many ways, Corinth culturally resembled many modern day cities, cities that we would be familiar with, perhaps Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York City, London, and and the list could go on and on. In the way we think of things today, Corinth would have been a socially and culturally progressive city. So it would not have been any kind of a bastion of social conservatism. It, It would have actually been quite the opposite. So as we saw in the the reading of Acts in the beginning of the church there, there's something in that account that we can't miss. It's important to realize. And it comes through, especially in the first few chapters of 1 Corinthians, that when Paul came to Corinth, he came as a battered, bruised, discouraged, and even fearful follower of Jesus. Now, that's almost like unthinkable, isn't it? Like what? Paul, Paul, was, Paul was fearful? He was. And, and if we look a little further back in the story, we can understand why. You know, sometimes I think we, we think of biblical characters as superhuman, And we failed to realize that they were fully human, just like us. And as bold and courageous and as unstoppable as Paul was in so many ways, he had his moments and his arrival in Corinth was one of those moments where he was depleted, he was discouraged, and he was frightened. And as I said, if you go back a little bit further in the story, in the book of Acts, you can understand why. So go back to chapter 16, and you have Paul sailing from Troas to Philippi, and you have uh, him actually doing that because he has a vision of somebody in Philippi calling out to him to come and help them. And so he goes to Philippi. He doesn't find the man that he saw in his vision, but he finds these, this small group of women alongside the river. He shares the gospel with them. A lady named Lydia comes to faith as they're there. In the city of Philippi, there's a young demon-possessed girl who follows them around, and she's saying, these are the servants of the Most High God, and so forth. And at, at a certain point, Paul cast this demon out of this young girl. And in doing so, he brings down the ire of her masters. And so they're angry because uh, she was their source of income or one of their sources of income. So so they raise up this thing against uh, Paul and Silas. And Paul and Silas are taken and they are beaten and they are put in jail. And then we have the story of the Philippian jailer. Some of you are familiar with the story there. The jailer comes to faith. But, but all that to say, Paul finally has to leave Philippi. The, the rulers of the city beg him to leave, so he ends up leaving. And he goes next to Thessalonica. And in Thessalonica, he is ministering there. 
And the Gentiles, the, the Greek population, they're very receptive to his message. This, this message of this gospel is, is so attractive to them. But the Jews are jealous that the Gentiles are open to Paul's message. So they form uh, a group and they come and they attack Paul and they drive him out of Thessalonica. And he flees to Berea. And as he goes to Berea and he begins to minister there, he finds some receptivity. But those in Thessalonica hear that he's in Berea, so they send the mob there to, again, chase him out of town. And then he comes to Athens. And in Athens, he's not driven out of town. He's not beaten. He's not stoned like he was even earlier than Philippi. But he's mocked, he's ridiculed. And then he comes to Corinth. And in Corinth, as we saw, he meets fierce resistance from the Jews. So with all of that as a background, you can begin to understand why Paul was in the condition that he was in. And and as we get into the letter, you're going to see Paul saying things like, I was with you in fear. I was before you with trembling. Why, Why was he like that? Well, he's kind of in a bit of shock from all that he's been through. And and I want us to understand that because we need to realize that serving Jesus and the, the life of ministry in the gospel, it does have its hazards. It does have its challenges. But the wonderful thing is this, that the Lord is faithful. And that's what we saw in the story there. Remember, so Paul is in Corinth. He's discouraged undoubtedly because of everything he's experienced before he got there. Now he's being rejected by the Jews. He's evidently fearful that he's going to have the same experience in Corinth that he's been having in these other places. And so it's here that the Lord meets him in his despair with words of encouragement. And what does Jesus say to him? He says, do not be afraid, but speak. And do not keep silent, for I am with you. And no one will attack you to hurt you, for I have many people in this city. Now, Make a mental note of that because we're going to come back to that. I have many people in this city. So Paul, after his initial coming into Corinth, uh, he remains there for a year and a half. And during that time, he's teaching and establishing these new believers in their faith. So he is what he's doing what we call discipleship. He's discipling these new believers in their faith. In other words, he helped them learn how to follow Jesus in their everyday lives. And so as we look at this letter together, we're gonna see there are so many parallels between life in Corinth and life in Southern California. And and we're gonna see how as Paul was helping them to grow in following the Lord Jesus. As we go through these teachings, it's gonna help us to grow as followers of Jesus. Our goal as we spend the next several months in this letter is to become better at 
following Jesus, to become more like him in the way we think, the way we speak, the way we live, and the way we love. Now, let me just say a few words about the letter itself. So 1 Corinthians, as, as we see the, the background of uh, the community that it was written to, I think we, we can begin to understand that, as I said, there are many parallels culturally, religiously, spiritually, to what we're, we're living in today. And, and I think that 1 Corinthians is, uh, for the, the 21st century church, it is what Romans was for the 16th century church in Europe. And, and what I mean by that is this. In, in the 16th century, we're talking about the era of the Reformation. The way the world was at that time, the book of Romans specifically spoke into it because the world was a very religious world. The world was, uh, the, the European world specifically was very much under the, the dominion of the, the church, the church of Rome. And very oriented toward a works kind of uh, salvation and all kinds of superstition and things like that. And then through Martin Luther, through, through the book of Romans, Martin Luther is influenced and he comes and he brings the gospel into that situation and, and it impacts the entire culture of Europe. And this is known historically as the Protestant Reformation. And, and so it was Romans that had this tremendous impact. It was, it was the word for the time. It, it suited perfectly the, the circumstances in which people found themselves. I think 1 Corinthians is very much like that for 21st century Western culture. I mean, as you read through 1 Corinthians, you just think, yeah, the, the stuff that we're reading about here is exactly the kind of stuff that we see happening all around us today. So Western culture is rapidly sliding back into its pre-Christian spiritual and moral condition. And as a result, the church finds itself not only living in an increasingly pagan culture, but being infiltrated by that culture. We, we find that happening right here presently today. So, so much of what we're seeing in the culture is addressed right here in this letter. And let me just give you some examples of, of things we see in the culture that are actually addressed here in this epistle. The exaltation of human wisdom, personality, cults, divisions, sexual dysfunction and disorientation, confusion about life, confusion about our bodies, confusion about marriage and singleness, confusion about worship, the supernatural, a life beyond the grave, and more. These are all the things that we will address as we make our way through uh, this letter of Paul. And once again, I'm reminded of the universal and eternal relevance of the Word of God. You know, some people want to dismiss the Bible as this ancient, out of touch, 
piece of literature that, that has no place in modern society because how could it? I mean, it, it, it's just so outdated. It doesn't really understand life as it is in the world today. Nothing could be further from the truth. And I, I think that people who read or, or people who say that, I, I suspect that they've never read the Bible. <laughs> because when you read the Bible, you're like, wait a second. Am I reading the Bible or am I reading the newspaper? Uh, you know, am I reading the Bible or am I, you know, just just hearing a report of, of what's going on in the culture today? And so we're going to find it to be, as it always is, very relevant. Now, let, let's return, as I said I wanted to, let's return to what Paul said to, well, before we do that, let, let me read verses one through nine of First Corinthians. So 1 Corinthians, verses 1 through 9, Paul, and and there's something I I want you to listen for as we read through these first nine verses. There's going to be repetition in these first nine verses that are key, and I want you to listen for it and see if you can get what we are talking about. So Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus, for in him you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge. God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you, therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Did you get it? Did you see what was repeated over and over and over and over? The name, the person, Jesus Christ. Paul was all about Jesus. You know, you can tell what people are about by the things they talk about. You can tell what people are excited about by the things they talk about. And Paul, you could tell what Paul was all about. He was all about Jesus. And and that, that becomes so clear right here. So keep that in mind. We'll come back to that in a moment. But but let's go back to what Jesus said to Paul in regard to, to Corinth itself. And let me read it to you again. He says, do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent, for I am with you, and no one is going to attack and harm you because I have many people in this city. So this is God's word for us today at this moment in time. God still has many people many, many people that he wants to reach with his gospel. And listen, we cannot fall into the trap of thinking 
that just because our world is slipping back into paganism and, and, and deep into dark things, that the gospel is somehow irrelevant now. No, the gospel is as relevant as ever now. Because remember, it was a pagan culture that the gospel went into. So we're not even thoroughly paganized yet. We're doing our best to get there as a nation. But, you know, I mean, I mean, think about it. In, in the first century, there was no church. It was just starting. The only real manifestation of God in the first century before the apostolic mission was the synagogue or the, the temple in Jerusalem. The Jewish people, they were... They were the, the one group on the planet that were the people of God. And by that time, they were all confused about their own identity and about their mission. And it wasn't like they were having any kind of a great impact in, in any of the societies they were in. They were pretty much keeping to themselves. And they, they were not on any kind of a mission to speak of to really spread the knowledge of the one true God. So the world is completely paganized with all of the things that come along with that, all of the idolatry, all of the perversion, all of the injustices and all of the, just the evils that, that permeate those kinds of cultures have permeated them and still permeate them. But it was this world that the gospel was sent into. And like Paul said to the Romans, he was absolutely convinced that the gospel was the power of God to salvation. Paul is going to go to Rome. He's going to go to the epicenter. He's going to go to the capital. And he says, man, I can't wait to get there to preach the gospel to you because the gospel is the power of God to salvation. This is God's answer to these things. And so we have to understand that. And God's word to Paul regarding Corinth, I believe is God's word to us today. I have many people I'm not finished working. I have many people in this town, in this city, in this county, in this state, in this nation. I have many people around the world still that I want to draw to myself and I want to use you, my people, to do it. So what are we to take away from that? Number one, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Listen, lots of Christians are being driven by fear at this very moment. There's so much fear out there. And, and the fear is causing people to either, you know, sort of run and hide, or it's causing them to get this, this kind of a boldness that's not really a Holy Spirit boldness, but it's just an aggression toward those that they perceive to be the enemies. And neither one of those postures are the right posture. We're not to run and hide, but we're not to also take up our arms and go out and attack. We are to go forward with the gospel. We're not to be afraid.
January, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled Out of the Black Shadows by Stephen Lungu with Ann Coombs. Abandonment and abuse are all too common in our culture today, pushing our youth towards drugs, alcohol, and gangs in order to ease their pain and find acceptance. But abandonment and abuse are a global problem. The late Stephen Lungu, one of Africa's greatest modern-day evangelists, experienced abandonment and abuse as a youth himself while growing up in Africa. The book Out of the Black Shadows by Stephen Lungu with Ann Coombs is his testimony of how God changed his embittered heart and ultimately prepared him to become a great evangelist in Africa, reaching tens of thousands with the gospel. If you want to be inspired by the testimony of a life radically changed by Christ, we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. To order Out of the Black Shadows by Stephen Lungu with Ann Coombs. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of 1 Corinthians. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.